Revel Systems is the most flexible point-of-sale platform for restaurant chains. Leading brands like Dave's Hot Chicken and the Halal Guys have relied on Revel to achieve their rapid growth goals. Revel's unrivaled ease of use creates a greater experience for operators, employees, and customers alike. To learn more, visit revelsystems.com today. Let's meet the new head of Firehouse Subs. Hi, this is Jonathan Mays, Editor-in-Chief of Restaurant Business, and in this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, I am joined by Mike Hancock, the new president of Firehouse Subs. Mike joined Firehouse last year, shortly after Restaurant Brands International bought the chain for more than $1 billion. Mike came to Firehouse from Tim Hortons, where he was the chief operating officer. He takes over for Don Fox, the longtime CEO of Firehouse Subs, who is now the company's chairman and has stepped away from day-to-day operations, handing that job over to Mike Hancock, who serves as Firehouse Subs president. Mike talks this week on the podcast about his plans for Firehouse Subs, where he sees the opportunities and its strengths. We talk about digital sales quite a bit. We talk about the company's expansion plans, and we talk a little bit about Tim Hortons and its incredible popularity in Canada. Uh, It's a great conversation with the new head of Firehouse Subs. Please have a listen. All right, I'm here with Mike Hancock. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Great to be here, Jonathan. All right, so uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how you came to Firehouse Subs. (laughs) Uh, Well, I've been in the space for about 10 years, uh, the whole time with Restaurant Brands International. Uh, joined the company actually out of graduate school, you know, it was, was sort of a serendipitous event that got me over here. Wasn't looking to go into the food space, I knew very little to be quite honest, other than being a consumer. I was a big Burger King consumer as a kid. Uh, and spent time, you know, with the first RBI brand, which was Burger King. Growing within that organization, uh, started off doing development, development analytics, um, spent some time working in, in Europe, uh, overseeing our Southern Europe, Turkey and Africa business, came back to the U.S. to lead our field operations, and then spent the past you know four years prior to Firehouse uh, helping to lead you know as the COO of an incredible brand, uh, Tim Hortons in Canada. Uh, there's not, not many brands that have the same love that that brand does in Canada. Uh, and was super, super special experience. And then came down to Firehouse, a brand that, you know, to me, in many ways, is very similar to Tim's. It's a brand that people love. When you talk to uh, the average guest or you talk to friends and family and you tell them that you're part of Firehouse, they typically light up and have a fantastic experience about their time there or the product or the foundation. And so for me, it's, you know, a very similar brand, almost in the early stages of what Tim's was, uh, joined about a year ago as a COO and, and have been there since. Um, I'm going to ask you about Firehouse in a minute, but uh, uh, how familiar were you with uh, Tim Hortons before you uh, went up to Canada? Yeah, uh, only sort of uh, as a, you know, being part of the larger RBI family, you learn about the brands. Prior to that, you know, very little experience, um, to be honest. You know, I, I always tell the story my first day on the job. I grabbed an Uber and I was uh, taking an Uber to the office. I didn't have a, a Tim Horton shirt on me. And the Uber driver just starts talking about Tim. She's got Tim's cup in, in, uh, in her car and she's saying, you know, today was a great day. I 
I went to the, my local Tim Hortons and, you know, I was really nice. I bought the man there. I bought his coffee for him. It's just off to a great start today. I'm like, wow, it's really, really generous of you. Really nice of you. I go, how, you know, how often do you go to Tim? She goes, ah, not that much. I go, well, well, what is not that much? She goes, maybe two or three times a day. I go, two or three times a day. <laughs> that's, uh, that's incredible. There's nothing like that. And uh, so it's a, it's a very, very special brand. I don't think people in the U.S. have any inkling about how popular Tim Hortons is in Canada. That is a, it is on a, that's on another level. That's in another league. I don't think anything, because I don't, I can't think of anything that comes even close. There's, there's really not. And, and, and you know, if you think of the penetration of the brand, it's almost almost 4,000 locations in Canada. So you're, you're pushing on, you know, one location for every 9,000 Canadians. That's close to triple the penetration that McDonald's has in the U.S. So imagine, you know, if you if you took that number by three of McDonald's that you have in the U.S. So it's unbelievable the penetration that that brand has established in Canada, the frequency that they have and the loyalty that they have. There's really not much like it anywhere else in the world. So um, so what was your first impression? What's been your first impressions with with Firehouse? You started uh, uh, a year ago. It's about a year ago. Yeah. Um, what's been your first impression in that time? Yeah, I, you know, starting off first thing, incredible brand, uh, a ton of brand love, and, and both anecdotally and all of the research and guesswork that we've done, that that same holds true. Um, incredible products. So again, not just anecdotally, but we've done a lot of testing and research on what do guests love about us, what don't they love about us. Um, looking at you know guest satisfaction metrics, people love our products. They think, and, and they are, they're they're exceptionally high quality, unique products that we serve to our guests and. We've got a very unique and special foundation. I knew about the foundation superficially before I joined the brand. Now I know it much better. Um, I get to serve on the the board for our foundation, um, and it's it's really incredible. We're going to raise over eleven million dollars this year for life saving equipment to be used for you know different fire departments throughout and first responders throughout the country. Um, and there's so many stories that you'll hear for, of you know our equipment having saved you know firehouse employees' lives or other folks across the country. And so for me, it's a particularly special foundation that I always say is, is quite literally saving lives. So something I'm very proud to be a part of. And, and, you know, for me, it's been a great learning experience, learning all these incredible aspects of our brand and what makes Firehouse unique. Mm-hmm. You know, that element, it's, there aren't a lot of brands that are as closely connected to cause, a single specific cause sort of like firehouse subs is it's actually it's a pretty unique uh part of the part of the company's dna i I think it's very unique and you know we always rank very high typically you know number one when we when we do research in terms of you know who supports our community the most i still think there's a lot more we can do to tell our story to you know have the average guest understand the impact that we have you know understand that a lot of fire departments across the country you know Need more, need more in terms of resources and investment to make sure that they can support their local communities and the work that we're doing uh, to help them. I think that's a story that you're going to hear us talking about more and more for years to come. Mm-hmm. So did you learn a little bit from Don Fox over that time? A- absolutely. And, you know, he's been incredible to work with, you know, someone who has an extremely deep, obviously, knowledge of not just Firehouse, but but the entire industry. And I think, you know, aside from, you know, the way he's taken this brand and grown this brand uh, over, especially over the past decade, there's not many people who have a, a track record like that. I think, you know, what he does that is so special is he brings an incredible amount of passion and that passion, you know, permeates both through the franchisee community and, and the corporate team here. You know, pe- people all looked up to him for 
how much he loves what he does every single day and how much he loves the brand that he, you know, as is pivotal as anybody for building it to what it is today. So it was tremendous getting to work for him and work with him the past year. So what do you see as the, um, what do you think are the top priorities you think for, for, for the near future at, at Firehouse? Where, what, what's, what's the plans for the next few years? Yeah. You know, I, I think first off, there's a ton of runway for us in terms of growth. You know, we're still around 1,200 locations, both in the U.S. and Canada. There's, there's no reason we cannot have several thousand locations across the country, much deeper penetration in Canada. Actually, Canada is a market that is near and dear to my heart after spending time uh, with our Tim Hortons brand. We've already got uh, close to 60 locations in Ontario. We have you know plans to expand throughout the rest of the country. There's actually quite a bit of momentum with uh, some of our other franchisees in in Canada that we've worked with in the past and, and excitement around the brand because they have, you know, see the similarities, I think, between Tim Hortons and Firehouse. Uh, and then throughout the United States, I think there's just a lot further we can go uh, in different parts of the country. This is such a love brand and we're so underpenetrated. And so we think there's a lot more we can do. I think there's, um, we've made a lot of progress from a digital standpoint, you know, in terms of third party delivery, in terms of mobile order and pay, or as we call rapid rescue. I still think there's a lot further we can go. You know, we'll be the first, you know, to say that we can we can make some improvements uh, and the digital experience, which we're already investing in quite a bit. So I think you'll, you're going to see some really positive changes in the next two to three months from a digital standpoint. Um, so we're really optimistic and excited about that. And, you know, one thing we've heard from our guests, both anecdotally and again in research, is I think they can see a bit more, you know, product innovation, um, a little more variety. And, and so something that we think we can bring to the table uh, over time of, you know, same quality of of incredibly delicious products, um, but you know a bit more variety than we've had in the past. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you mean like just different variety of, of sandwiches, or do you expect to branch into other type of products? Primarily in sandwiches, I think uh, there's there's more we can do within the sandwich space. We want to stick to our core. I think if there's anything, you know, I think uh, for me personally, uh, one of the best experiences and developmental experiences has been my was my time at Tim's coming to this, and you know we did a lot of work over four years of not just, you know, not trying to go into all different categories but really innovating and pushing around our core, raising the, raising the bar and raising the quality within our core. And I think that's why you're seeing Tim's have the success that they're having, you know, today is, is because of that investment into the core. So really focusing on what we really do well, but uh, giving folks more options within that category. Mm-hmm. It's a, I guess it's always, especially these days, it's always a little bit of a challenge to focus on, I mean, it's always a tough balancing act to go, you know, to try to balance the need for innovation. But at the same time, you know, yeah, you can obviously take things a little bit too far uh, for, for your staff, make operations more difficult. And, you know, and, uh, you know, labor is not exactly it might be improving, but it's not exactly as readily available still. I mean, uh, that's kind of a tough balancing act. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you hit the nail on the head there, specifically around the operations. You know, I think we've got exceptional operators uh, throughout the country. And, and that's, again, something that was very appealing to me, uh, where, again, you know, there's some parallels to my former life, but exceptional, exceptional operators that we have throughout the country. You can see it in the data in terms of guest satisfaction. And so we think that we, you know, we're, we're well equipped to continue to do more and more because of the strength we have in our operations. But you know, times are more difficult than they have been uh, and volatile than they have been in, in a long time. And we want to be very mindful 
of both ensuring that we're doing a great job to preserve and grow franchisee profitability. You're going to hear us talk about that all the time is growing our franchisees profitability and cash on cash returns and their investment. That's the only way we're going to be able to grow you know, together but also making sure that whatever we do, they can execute on it effectively and efficiently, you know, because the, wor- the worst thing is, is we launch some, some products that don't meet the standard that we have set for ourselves in terms of quality and, and we can never compromise there. Hmm. What is the best way to ensure franchisee profitability? <laughs> there, there's, uh, there's multiple, multiple levers there. But first, first and foremost is it's on us to ensure that we're, we're growing top line. Um, we have to make sure that the business is still growing. We're bringing more guests into our restaurants and we're growing top line in a, in a, in a profitable and, and smart way. We're, we're bringing in, you know, we're bringing in products that the guests are going to love and find, you know, to be fantastic, but also, are going to, you know, drive the town to the bottom line for our franchisees and make it, you know, make sense for them. Um, you know, we can find more and more ways. There's a lot of innovation going on on our end right now um, in terms of how we can optimize the, the kitchen, uh, the efficiencies in the kitchen, uh, minimize footsteps for, for our team members, making sure that, you know, we have the best equipment um, that can make sure that we make our product as effectively as possible. That requires sort of a minimal, minimal amount of, you know, uh, necessary labor to make sure that it's being done as effectively as possible. And those are all the aspects that we can help with. And I think that kind of, you know, other aspect is one benefit of being part of a larger um, organization with RBI is, you know, we're obviously have a little bit of stronger buyer power, buying power than we had in the past. And so finding ways to bring down costs, you know, for our franchisees to make sure that we're driving more to the bottom line. And that's something, you know, that we're going to be talking about. We talk about on our webcasts every month. We're going to be sharing all the profitability data with with our franchisees on a regular basis. We're, we're talking with our advisory board of franchisee or what we call our MVOD, um, you know, every single quarter on this topic. So we're going to put our you know money where our mouth is to ensure that this is top of mind for everyone here at corporate. So you're sharing profitability data with with uh, franchisees? Uh, system-wide profitability data for, with franchisees. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. What's the, uh, is that something that was done before or is that a new thing? Uh, to an extent, uh, to an extent. And there's, you know, I, I think that's one thing I have to give, you know, a lot of credit for, for the team here. It's always been a, a focus for the, the team at Firehouse and making sure that we are driving, you know, the bottom line of the franchisees. But I think we're trying to, you know, really ratchet up a little bit uh, to make sure that this is part of all of our, our cadences. And, and we're having regular discussions on regionality performance, format performance, to make sure that we're, we're going in the right direction as a, as a system. Um, and then, you know, doing effective postmortems. and this is typical in, in the industry, but anytime we launch a new promotion, anytime we launch a new product that, you know, we're being a, a very open book in the performance that we've had within those products and launches to making sure that the system feels good about the direction that we're going and, and, and what we're rolling out to the system. Yeah. Yeah. Franch- brands can't do anything unless franchisees are going to make a profit. It's just not, I, it's, it's obvious. It's, it's uh, said all the time these days, but I don't think it's always put into action. And I think that share, at least sharing the data with franchisees seems to be pretty basic. So- a- a- absolutely. Absolutely. That That is basic. And, and, you know, it's something, it's something that is incredibly Critical. It's one of the most symbiotic relationships, I think, in, in business is the franchisee franchisor relationship. We both benefit from the strength of each other. And it's something that, you know, we also, um, you know, invest in ourselves, but also the, the, the team, the team at corporate, something that is, you know, special, I think, about RBI is a, a good part of the compensation of the team in corporate. So bonuses are based on franchisee level profitability. So we, we you know, we look at how we performed the year before and we set an aspiration to grow that number. 
And then our compensation or part of our compensation is dependent on how our franchisees performing. So that, I think that's going one of the best ways we can kind of, you know, put our, put our money where our mouth is and, and show that that is uh, incredibly important to us as well. Yeah. I can tell you that there have been some notable sandwich chains that will go unmentioned, but anybody listening to this podcast could probably point them out that have not focused on franchisee profitability, but man, it is really important. Let me ask you this. Speaking of other sandwich chains, you do actually operate in one of the more interesting markets because you know, at the top you have Subway, which for a long time was a, you know, the 500 pound gorilla um, dominated the the sandwich market almost like nothing else sure. um, in the industry. Probably, I don't think there was anything for a while, but now you know, and it would basically just do away with competitors with a five dollar foot long opera, and everybody was you know, but. You know, now you have like Firehouse, you have Jersey Mike's, you have some real heavy competition with, with, with Subway, but at the same time, I mean, you know, you've got a generation of really strong sandwich concepts that are, are growing rapidly. Um, could you talk a little bit about that and how does, how does Firehouse fit in? How do you compete in, in, in sort of a market like that? Yeah. You know, I think first off, there's you talk about some large competitors. We've got you know the other competitors as well uh, that are doing a fantastic job. You know, a, a lot of respect for what they've been able to do and achieve over the years and the rate of growth they've seen. And I think, you know, some of our competitors have been able to really uh, prove that that you know high quality um, sandwiches are are there's a, there's a big market for us. So I think there's plenty of us that can play in that market um, together. Obviously, we believe that we have the best product, uh, and I, I wholeheartedly believe that. And and you know, our research uh, I think tells us the same thing that that we have you know a leading product in the entire industry. So we feel really confident with our product and our ability to to execute and deliver it to our guests. And you know, for us, the challenge right now is is how do we boost that convenience factor so we can be more competitive? There's certain pockets of the country that we have you know very low presence. Uh, and, and there's still a big desire there for our guests. In fact, when we do, when we do research, one of the biggest um, knocks on our concept is the lack of convenience. And, and a big part of that is just that we're not in all the places that we need to be. Um, so, you know, for us, the, the big focus is how do we get this incredibly loved brand with an incredible foundation in the hands of more folks? Once people try the product, once they taste the product, you know, we'll, we're willing to put ourselves head to head with anybody there, there's not there's not a brand out there that we don't feel confident that we can you know take down or or, or be better than with any of our products um so now it's you know you go, going back to the priorities what is the real challenge the challenge is how do we get these incredible products in more folks hands so uh people can enjoy and, and and love it the same way that our you know loyal guests at the moment do or a new group of guests can enjoy and love it the same way our loyal guests at the moment do mm-hmm. so you have uh one of your big focuses is on digital in the coming coming months yeah that that's correct that's correct and i I think you know kind of the first is how do we make that mobile order you know experience better right i think we we have a lot of guests that that want to order and pay and and you know part of that is there's there's work to be done but i think we can be you know over time i think we can be faster um and you know folks who go to firehouse know that it does take time and 
part of the incentive for folks to go and move over to digital is, you know, you have consistency and you know the timing of when your order is going to be prepared and when it's going to be ready. And so, you know, you don't have to deal with the lines or, or, or making time that folks typically have to deal with. So digital does really make that experience more efficient. We know, you know, we, we, we read, we do research, we understand, we see the reviews on, on our app. We know we have opportunities there. So the first and foremost, I think, is let's have a best-in-class app experience. Let's have an app experience that we think can go head-to-head with anybody, uh, not just in the sandwich space, but anybody in the restaurant space. And, you know, that's that's the direction that we're going. And, and I think, you know, again, over the next few months, I think you're going to see more and more of that play out. Mm-hmm. Uh, how's your loyalty program at this point? Do you have one? We do. We have a very healthy loyalty program. We actually, uh, you know, there's a re- recent loyalty survey. We're ranked, typically ranked very, very high in our loyalty program. Um, but I think, you know, again, one way that we're looking to expand that program is is how do we leverage that loyalty program to reward those guests in, in different ways? I think there's more creative ways we can expand our loyalty program uh, to personalize that experience. You hear that all the time, you know, I'd say in the industry, but I think we can go even further uh, in terms of personalizing our experience for our guests. Um, we have, a you know, a large following already, um, but we think we can make that even, even more following by making that loyalty program more and more compelling over time and easier to use. I mean, if you, you know, right now, we want to improve that process. Our loyalty guests typically, you know, if you're not ordering on the app, it's a, you know, phone number experience. When you come to the restaurant, you input your phone number or the team member inputs their, your phone number. We think we can streamline that experience and, and make it a lot simpler for our guests. And as part of that, you know, that should drive more folks to want to join our loyalty program and partake in the benefits that come with our loyalty program. Mm-hmm. That's kind of that's uh, you kind of you need a loyalty program to operate a fast food business in 2023. We do, we do, and and you see it across the industry, and uh, you know it's I think one one program that I had the not you know uh, going back to Tim's again had an opportunity to help launch was back in you know 2019 we launched our Tim's loyalty program has become one of the most successful loyalty programs especially in the food space in in Canada. And so a lot of learnings from there that, you know, hoping to bring over to Firehouse to have something equally as engaging and as exciting um, for folks that want to partake in, into this into this program. I don't remember off the top of my head the numbers, but if I recall correctly, the percentage of Canadians that were active members of Canadians that were active members of the Tim Hortons loyalty program is some god awful ridiculous number. It's it's very high. I, I'm not sure if I can share the number, but it's it is it is shockingly high. And if you look at the percentage of guests that you know order every day on on mobile order and pay relative to what you would see, the percentage of the population relative to what you'd see in like even Starbucks and other other brands in the U.S. It's it's quite incredible. Um, so again, going back to what I shared earlier, there's really nothing like it in the world from a restaurant chain standpoint. And, and uh, I think that's where, you know, that sort of aspiration of, of being the market leader and having that type of love within the country is where we aspire to be with Firehouse. And, and again, the, the products, the foundation, the brand, I think all set ourselves up for, for doing that. And it's again, how do we get this great product to more folks? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's I don't know. I don't know if there's anything that's comparable to Tim Hortons. It's sort of in the United States. I mean, maybe ah, I can't, you know, I can't. I, I, I don't. I, there's nothing in there, terms of country. There's not. And, and, and you know what I would say is the 
the what it means to the country. Every decision that you you make, you know, it, it, it can become national news when when you change your lid. It, you know, people. Uh, I'm not, and I'm not exaggerating there. And, and and you know, what I would say, what's what's special about that is it raises the burden of the decisions that you make in that role and. You have a national impact on every decision that you make and you can make someone's day or you can hurt someone's day if you don't make the right decisions. And so, you know, it raises the bar to make sure that you're doing the right things every single day to make, you know, to make that country love uh, your products and love, have a great day and love that experience day in and day out. Because so many folks, you know, people are coming like that lady that I mentioned earlier, two or three times a day. Um, our little guests, you know, come over five times a week. So it's something that you want to make sure you're doing it right as consistently as you possibly can. Anything uh, keeping you up at night? Anything concern? Uh, what's your biggest concern right now? Uh, well, you know, we're we, we've this has been a this has been a uh, important year for us folding under the RBI umbrella. I think you know, it's obviously, it's going to be a year of change for both the teams here and corporately and throughout the organization. So you know, making sure that our you know. We've got the mission orders clear. I think we've spent a lot of time building out a really effective multi-year strat plan. This year has been really laying out the roadmap of what we're going to be doing over the next few years. Now the goal is executing on it, right? It's, it's easy to make a plan. It's very difficult to, to actually execute it on, it on it correctly. So our goal will be making sure all these aspirational things that we've set out over the next several years across sort of all the areas that I've talked to you about we're going and we're performing on and we're holding, you know, that quality bar high enough. And, you know, that's one thing you'll hear me talk about all the time is, is, you know, there's going to be a, we're going to elevate aspects of the business. We want to have our product in the hands of more guests, but we will never, ever compromise on quality. You've got our commitment on that. Um, I'm, I'm going to give a, a very quick plug on our smoke and triple stack, which is in restaurants right now. It's a new promotion. So if you want to, you know, uh, test us on the quality, I highly recommend, uh, you go in, uh, you try that that delicious uh, barbecue sandwich. So I'll, I'll have to try it. Usually I just get the hook and ladder because that thing is delicious. It, it, if, you, if you like the brisket, you will not be let down on the triple stack. To me, it's, a, it's an exceptional, exceptional product. Super. Mike, this was great. Really appreciate uh, you joining me this week on the podcast. And that should do it for this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, which was edited, as always, by Kimmy Kazmarek. Artwork by Nico Hines. You may find this on other episodes of the podcast on our website at www.restaurantbusinessonline.com backslash article backslash deeper dash dive. You may also find them on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere else you find your podcast. I'm Jonathan Mays, your host, podcast producer, and the editor-in-chief of Restaurant Business. Thank you for listening. Revel Systems is the most flexible point-of-sale platform for restaurant chains. Leading brands like Dave's Hot Chicken and the Halal Guys have relied on Revel to achieve their rapid growth goals. Revel's unrivaled ease of use creates a greater experience for operators, employees, and customers alike. To learn more, visit revelsystems.com today.